got your mic. We're on. We're on. Let's begin. That's the beginning. We're so on. Concerned. We're here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was looking for the mic. I was like, <laughs> your so where is it? Your mic? Where is it? Oh, right wait. This is exactly how the show is starting, by the Straddle. way. We're a minute into the show. Straddle. We're a minute. We're a minute into the show. No, don't. don't. We are. We are. <laughs> this is Anthony's first Good podcast. to have the internet people with us <laughs> as we just flow through a beautiful afternoon. Absolutely. The father, the son, and joined today by special guest Adam Dewey from the West Tigers. Adam, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you, mate. Pleasure to have you. Um, before we get into your story, um, we've got a, a couple of contractual obligations to get through. <laughs> so I'll hand it over to the son. <laughs> We do, we do. So um, we do have to begin the uh, the show with our sponsor, MJ Podiatry. So MJ Podiatry, again, is a mobile home visit network servicing all throughout Sydney. It's an all-round podiatry service for all your general treatments, sport, NDIS. They also offer home care packaging. Maroon and the team are there to discuss any issues <laughs> with your feet, as always. You know, Not your back, so, but your feet. Not your back. They, they've got... They've got your back, but they've also got your feet. Um, but yes, please visit their website. You can contact Maroon and the team at 0412-389-278 or email them at info at mjpodiatry.com.au. So MJ Podiatry, got your feet. Get ready for that holy Thursday awkwardness between you and father. Yes. The washing of the feet. Exactly. Maroon will have your feet tip-top shape in no time. <laughs> <laughs> and if your trainer for the Tigers is just taking a sickie and you need a emergency podiatrist, <laughs> we, we, got, we got Maroon at MJ Podiatry for you. We've got right. a couple of other announcements to make before we get into the guts of the show. As I mentioned last week, the pilgrimage, the St. Joseph's Camino is coming up for fathers and sons, men of all ages, um, on the 26th and 27th of April. It's an overnight pilgrimage where you'll be travelling around Western Sydney, walking, um, visiting many churches, a great spiritual time, a great test of penance and endurance for fathers and sons. So that's the St. Joseph's Camino. We'll have the, uh, the flyer up on the screen as I'm giving this announcement. And something for the women, because we do have a female viewership and listenership on this show. And I was like, well, what about the women? What about the women? We got your back. Not your feet, but your back. <laughs> um, the 16th of March, which is fast approaching, fast approaching. The 16th of March, the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia have a spiritual retreat day. And that's being held at St. Mary's Cathedral on the 16th of March. So those details will be on the screen. Um spirituality adoration confession personal testimony it's all happening on that day so we want to encourage um, our female listeners and viewers to get out to that to register for that um, it's in the middle of lent it's a great time to get away from your everyday hustle and bustle and just get into it and pray and and be with other people that are going on the journey that you're going on. And maybe even for some of the young single ladies out there discerning a vocation of joining the religious life, the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia are one of those orders that are flourishing at the moment, which is a beautiful thing because we don't hear about that too often. So they're flourishing. Beautiful. So those two events coming up, one for the men, one for the women. And now Lovely. the question that all of Lebanese Australia wants answered... <laughs> Dewey or Dwayhi? Uh, <laughs> Please. My dad's going to kill me. Tell me. Uh, no, it's Dewey. It's Dewey. Dewey. Yeah, we're, stick, we're sticking with Dewey. 
Okay, we're sticking with Dewey. Is that? There's, ha- there's been a lot of controversy. There is. Tell us about the controversy. Nah, it's, well, we're growing up, we called Dewey and Dwayhe. Obviously, back in Lebanon, um, it's pronounced Dwayhe, but um, I guess since yeah, I've grown up, I've always been known as, I guess, Dewey, and we thought it was easier for the commentators to pronounce it with Dewey as well, and um, yeah, my dad wants, wants me to stick with that. Okay. Look at that. Honour thy father. Yeah, that's Honor right. Honour thy father. That's How right. good, good is that? A good Catholic man. I love following it. Because the, the alternative was going to be we could have possibly started a change.org petition <laughs> and, and asked everyone what they thought it should be. And because we live in a culture that just goes with popular opinion <laughs> and the way things go, we'll just adhere to that. For or, those of you that don't get that reference, you'll know later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. That was good, father. I tried. I've well, been thinking about that one for a while. Yeah, I mean, the commentators have to pronounce the uh, Islander, the tough, the tough yeah. surnames and things like that. You know, Dwayne he surely is at that. <laughs> no, but that it's what his father wants. But it, that's right, that's and that's stuff. what's most important. So we're going for it. That's right, what's good. most important. Good. God bless you, man. Good on you. Well, let's let's get a start on the show, man. If um, uh, we we like to start our shows just by getting to know who you are. So if you can um, just tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Uh, family life, faith life? Yes, yeah, so I grew up um, in Strathfield, went to a local school there, St. Patrick's College, Strathfield, and um, it's actually a rugby union school. So, um, yeah, coming through my younger ages, I sort of, my parents threw me into a lot of different sports and um, yeah, played you know, rugby league, rugby union, cricket, uh, touch football, um, soccer. Just, um, I guess, coming through school in the younger grades, I was just always looking forward to playing sport on the weekend. I uh, wasn't really the most academic I guess, student coming through, but yeah, loved running around on the weekend with my mates from school and throwing a ball around or kicking the ball around. And um, yeah, grew up with two brothers, um, both around my age and into their sport as well. So uh, pretty competitive kids growing up, and <laughs> I guess that's where I get my competitive um, nature from. And um, yeah, loved it. Uh, as I said, grew up in a rugby union school, but uh, my dad's always loved rugby league. Played rugby league when he was younger and. Uh, my whole family has always supported rugby league and um, I guess playing rugby union for school was compulsory and um, I was just doing it to, to tick, a, tick a box originally and um, was always looking forward to playing rugby league on the Sunday and um, I'd play rugby union on the Saturday and just get through it to I guess tick the box and, and play rugby league and um, started playing some junior rep teams for rugby league in the, in the Balmain Tigers district and I guess it wasn't until year 12 where I really... I guess made a name for myself in the rugby union scene and um, was lucky enough to be chosen into the New South Wales and Australian schoolboys team for, for rugby union and um, yeah, toured around New Zealand and Samoa playing for for the union team and um, actually tried tried out for the rugby league Australian team and unfortunately didn't make it. So I guess when I finished school, I was, um, I guess, came to, to cross paths whether, I guess, to... to Rugby Union or Rugby League, as I said, I made the Aussie Schoolboys for Rugby Union and I met with the New South Wales Waratahs back then to, to um, I guess, tour their facility and see if it was actually a genuine option. But, um, yeah, fell the way of, of Rugby League and um, Michael McGuire was the coach at South at the time and I was in the Tigers system, but I guess they didn't see me as one of their real key players back then and, um, yeah, Michael McGuire at South saw something in me and I guess straight from school signed me to the Rabbitohs and um, yeah, I guess spent my under-20s and New South Wales Cup career there. Nice. And then you had your real breakout season 
uh, or actually before your debut season with the Rabbitohs, um, everyone, I think, saw the talent in you when you played for Lebanon in the, yeah. the 2017 World Cup. How was that experience? Yeah, it was, a, it was a, I guess, a, a game-changing tournament for me and myself. Um, as I said, I came off a, a 20s and initial Oz Cup season for the Rabbitohs and I guess, yeah, no one really known about me. I wasn't really a big name, I guess, at South. So I was still young, 18 years old, and um, yeah, got a chance, I guess, at that tournament. I'd never played any other position between, but besides 5'8 growing up, and um, Brad Filler at the time picked me out centre in that in that tournament and just, I guess, saw something in me in that, and that's where I fitted into the team. And, yeah, I was lucky enough to have, a, I guess, a reasonably good, good tournament and um, sort of started to make a little name about myself and... Um, yeah, I guess the following season, um, yeah, debuted sort of second round in as a as a 19-year-old at halfback for Rabbitohs. And, um, yeah, I guess I've never looked back since. But, that, yeah, that definitely that tournament for Lebanon in 2017, um, I guess, kick-started my, my career. Well, um, we'll get into the, uh, to the debut and how that went um, in a little bit. Before that, though, were you... Like, did you grow up... Did, you grew up playing footy and things. Did you grow up watching it as well? Were you a yeah, footy fan? Yeah, I always loved footy growing up. Yeah. Um, was a big Tigers fan growing up being, I guess, a Balmain junior and um, living in Strathfield, which is a you know, Tigers area. And um, I guess also being a young Lebanese kid coming up, aspiring to, to be a player like Robbie Farrow, who was a big name back then. And also being a young, I guess, half in the game, Benji Marshall was also, I guess, one of the top halves at the, at the time. And I remember just watching them two players and, um, yeah, I wanted to do that when I was older. I've I always dreamt of playing footy. Um, I used to always just go to school dreaming of playing footy and I guess teachers and students used to sort of laugh at me because I just literally threw all my eggs into the basket and um, thought I'd try my best and um, yeah, I guess it, it came off. So that hard work's paid off. Um, there are so many athletic um, and just naturally gifted people walking around. And you think, why aren't these guys playing first grade footy? And why? So, you did have to throw all your eggs in a basket. What type of sacrifices do you have to make to get to that level? Yeah, uh, a lot, to be honest. Um, yeah, you always hear of kids, I said, I guess, having the biggest talent but not not being able to make it. And um, I guess it's it's tough to make the NRL, and uh, it was tough for me coming through to to make it. And um, yeah, I reckon. 80, 90% of it is, is hard work. Um, I guess it's, it's something that people can't take from you is, I guess, how hard you train, um, how, how much effort you put in off the field. And, um, yeah, I guess parties and, and drinking and alcohol and um, all that stuff growing up is something I was I was never into and, and always sacrificed. And as I said before, I was even in first grade, I was sacrificing this stuff. And as I said, people used to, I guess, laugh at me and, and take the mock out of me by... By not going out or stuff, but I, I had a clear vision from from a young age to to do everything I can to, to make it. And um, still to this day, I'm not I'm not a big partyer. I'm not a big drinker. You can ask just one more teammates and everyone I'm around. And um, I'm a pretty I guess introverted guy and keep to myself and just go about my my business day to day. And um, I know what it takes to to play first grade week in week out and and all the sacrifices you do need to make and um, family functions that you miss out on and. Um, I guess important stuff that, that you do miss out on, but um, yeah, you, you know it's worth it. If we can just stay on that for one second, because um, 
as a priest, one of the things that I do is help people in their own discernment about where they're headed in life if they come to crossroads and they've got various options. But you've done something there that I just want to speak to and that is you've made a decision from a young age, you've had a goal in mind and you've stayed focused on that goal to the detriment of, yeah, maybe the mates that will, you know, give you, take the mickey out of you for not participating or hanging out or drinking or doing whatever. But look at where those sacrifices have led you. Um, People are always talking about options. I want my options open. I want, you know, I don't want to commit because my options need to be open. Okay, what are those, where are those options going to, where are you going to end up with all of those options other than confused? So you knew you were athletic, you knew you had some talent and you just got into it put your head down, you trained, you ate right, you didn't drink, you didn't party, you made some sacrifices along the way and now you play first grade. It doesn't have to be sport, it can be a career, you know. It can be the love of your life. Oh, so many stories. (laughs) So many stories (laughs) about, oh, you're too young, don't marry your high school sweetheart, you got to, all just all rubbish, what a lie that people sell you. It's like if you're happy, if you're at peace, if you're content, you don't need to live the way other people live. You know, my brother got married young. Oh, you haven't you haven't travelled yet. You don't. Who cares? <laughs> Happiest man ever. Married with five kids, young enough that he can run around with his own kids in the backyard. You know, amazing, good stuff. So it's so true because there's so many, not young kids, but between that, you know, 18, 19, 20 year, year old age and. You see the talent they have, especially in, in my field, because I keep a close eye on, on a few players and especially some young Lebanese you know, players coming through. And then you sort of see them, I guess, post out out one night or drinking or my mates tell me they see them drinking and you just, I guess, scratch your head and just want to, you know, shake them a bit and just say, you know, if you want to make it and you wonder why you don't make it in the future, you don't want to look back and have regrets and mm. say, I wish I didn't go out. I, didn't, I wish I didn't you know, drink that drink too many times and... Um, I guess that, that, that is what lets a lot of I guess, people down. Yeah. yeah, I think you find that even in the spiritual life a little bit is like it's a similar thing that they're trying to almost live two lives where they want this goal, yeah. but then they also want this, this life outside of it. And it's like, no, you need to sacrifice one for the other. Mm. And so, and it's the same like in the spiritual life, uh, you know, people will live, sorry, they'll, they'll be one way when they're, when they're at church, like at the, the physical building, <laughs> you know, when they're there, they're, they're one way. And then outside, they're living a completely different life and they think it'll, they, you know, they sort of balance each yeah, other exactly. out. It's okay. Um, speaking of the spiritual life, uh, were you raised a Catholic? Yeah, I was yeah. raised um, a young Christian Catholic uh, boy. My parents, uh, both of Lebanese heritage and uh, they grew up with a, a local parish, St. Joseph's uh, Maronite Church at, at Croydon. And... Um, yeah, always, I guess, went there regularly every Sunday. Um, although we did have a lot of sports between me and my brothers uh, growing up, we always made, my parents always always made sure that we had time to, to go to church on, on Sunday. And um, it's something, looking back now, I'm, I'm very thankful and, and, and um, yeah, very thankful for my parents for doing that, that for me. And um, that, in turn, has, has, yeah, allowed me to grow, I guess, bigger in my faith. Was there, was there ever a point maybe when you 
uh, became old enough and sort of independent enough, was there ever a point where you um, felt like you were, were starting to prioritize footy a little bit more than faith or anything? Or was there, was it always like a continuous faith? Uh, yeah, faith I wasn't, first? I wasn't the most faithful person, I guess, growing up just, just personally, I was just, I was so stubborn and adamant and, and disciplined with, with my footy that it was just, I guess the be all and end all for me. I was just, um, yeah, I wasn't really learning or growing in my faithful side. I was yeah, just attending, I guess, the hour, hour mass on, on Sunday and just going home and forgetting about it and just you know, turning my footy head on, I guess, 24-7 besides that. And um, yeah, definitely the more I've, I've grown up and um, I guess especially for me through my injuries and through adversity, I've, I've had to turn to my faith and um, yeah, especially... This has been my third uh, knee reconstruction. It's without my faith, um, I guess I'd be in a pretty dark place. I feel, and um, I'm, I'm getting through my rehab now. And um, it was after this this third ACL in April last year that I just um, flicked my switch and and turned hardcore to my faith. And um, you know, I'm very very thankful for that, to be honest. Wow. Oh, that's encouraging to hear. Isn't it a beautiful thing? Oftentimes through adversity, um, yeah. through almost the bottom of the barrel moment, God speaks to us. Yeah. Um, and, and then you grow. You grow with that. You grow into that. When, when we first started this show, I can't remember how many of my mates were like, you should get Adam, you should get Adam. We see him at St. Joey's all the time. Yeah. He's, he's always at Joey's, always at Joey's. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> and then you and I ran into each other after I actually reached out. We ran into each other at a wedding, um, and then I've given a talk at St Joseph's Croydon a few weeks back, and you were there for that. And we've been looking forward to this moment. So, and thank you also for your humility. You know, we we oftentimes people come on the show. We don't want no one is the perfect person. Yeah. You know, I'm not no. perfect, Ant's no. not. But for you to have just admitted that and say. You know, I just went to mass on a Sunday and then forgot about it. That's common. I yeah. used to be that way too. Yeah. So common. And look at how seriously you're taking everything now. What, just on, on the faith side of things, what is different now to when you just went to mass on a Sunday and forgot about things? Uh, uh, everything, to be honest. Um, as I've said, I've, I've had a pretty... Since coming into first grade, I've had a pretty rough run with my injuries. I was a kid that grew up and played footy and never had a scratch or injury um, growing up. And then yeah, debuted in 2018 in first grade for Souths and um, yeah, did my first knee reconstruction then and then um, came to Tigers in 2020, um, did my second one in 2021. Um, still wasn't big on my faith. I wasn't really, um, as I said, just going to church on Sunday and just going through my rehab and, and just having my up and down days. And um, I guess, yeah, last year, um, early on in the season, did my my third knee reconstruction on the same leg. And, um, yeah, I was I was in a pretty, not dark place, but a, a sad, sad, I guess, moment for you know, a few days post post that, that injury and just always questioning why it's happened to me and um, why this, why that, and questioning the world and... Um, I guess it was it was after, um, I guess having a few days of, of mourning um, as you do, and and just picking myself up, and um, it was actually it was actually through my mother that 
she goes she was going to daily mass at, at St. Joey's, which I never really knew existed. And um, they do a they do a midday mass there that just goes for you know half an hour, and um, it's a it's a sort of condensed version of, of our full mass that occurs daily. And um, I, she just told me to get to, to go one day, and um, I went that day and just loved it. Um, and I guess since then that would have been. I guess June last year. Since then, I'd, I'd, I haven't missed many masses daily. And um, as I said, I, I feel as though receiving the Eucharist and, and being present in mass um, every day doesn't doesn't make me not sin all the time, but turns me away from sin and makes me, I guess, fight off the, the devil and, and demons and uh, makes me sin less. Definitely, it's definitely made me sin less. And I'm not here saying I'm a perfect kid or, or I'm, I'm anything like that, but. Just by yeah, going to going to daily mass, and even I'm back doing more training commitments now. But um, if we have a lunch break during that time, I'll, I'll sprint, run off, and and go to mass. It's only around the corner from us, and and fit it in. And um, yeah, the more I go, the more I'm digging into my faith more, going to more um, rosary rosary groups, and trying to pray the rosary daily for me now, and um, adorations, and um, just spending more time in church. And um, yeah, as I said, if it wasn't it wasn't for that. Um, I've been in a pretty, I guess, bad position, and um, everyone, I guess, always asks me these days why I am so positive, and um, I've had three injuries, and they, they expect me to be just down. Have you had down days or down weeks? And I can honestly say, since since being injured, I've I've stayed positive the whole time, and um, yeah, it was through through church and through my faith that keeps me positive. Wow, our faith is so seems so counter. Actually, it is so countercultural, <laughs> and, uh, and and we'll, I know we'll get to that later as well, you know, in in detail. But um, like in like you were saying, in your position, it would be so easy to, like we all do, when things go wrong, we we just we re, we always remember God in the times that things go wrong, and we we just blame Him for everything. Uh. And then when things are going right, we f- we completely forget about him, forget to thank him, and things like that. Um, it it would have been so easy for you to just blame him and turn away. The fact that you're now, because of your injury, spending more time at church, more time uh, in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, um, trying to receive the Eucharist uh, daily, uh, and I know you were doing that for so long while mm. you know before you went back to training and things. What is it? about the Eucharist itself, you know, in adoration or receiving the Eucharist. Uh, what is it about it, do you think, that that encourages you to live, like, a virtuous life day by day? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's a hard question. It's, Sorry, yeah, I um, put you on the spot. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a kid that um, sort of gets embarrassed. I get embarrassed. If it, I, I don't like being embarrassed in public and, and stuff like that. And... Um, obviously, if, if you've done, I guess, a, a sin and haven't gone to confession, then you can't receive the Eucharist. And um, just the feeling, because I was going daily, if I was to stand there in the church and know I'm known I've sinned and known I can't go up and receive the Eucharist, then I'd I feel this sense of I guess shame about me and um, yeah, something I, I sort of I didn't like. So um, I know that once I do receive the Eucharist, that I try and do everything I can to make sure I don't sin. Or the next match, mass, which is only 24 hours away, so just that mindset of wow. yeah, I guess just I don't know, it's just a personal thing. I don't like being I guess embarrassed, and yeah. um, 
just the, yeah, I just felt a sense of shame just not being able to go up there and receive him because mm. I have done a sin and that's that's helped me. And you know the funny thing about that is is that God doesn't want you to feel shame. Mm. You know, we haven't been created to be ashamed. He doesn't want you to live in that mode of life. Yeah. And so in receiving our Lord, yes, he gives you the strength not to sin to to keep away from sin um and i think we're all in that all in mm. that boat you know it's like why and the, the i think this speaks to a wider problem which is well who cares what people think of us when we go to mass yeah. <laughs> um i've i've been a big advocate for this um and other priests will have other opinions but you don't always need to receive the eucharist when you go to mass because sometimes people are not in the state to receive yeah, our Lord. Yeah. Um, but to to receive our Lord because you want to avoid scandal or shame, um, it, it's one of those things that I'd be like, well, okay, you don't, ever, you don't know. It might be a powerful witness that you're a public figure, but for someone to see you remain in the pews. And it's not as though a person's mind will go into that place of, oh, I wonder what he did that he's not getting up. It's like, no, he's not personally ready to receive our yeah. Lord today. And that might make a person think about their own situation, mm. about what they're going through in their own life. So it can cut both ways. It can really yeah. cut both ways. So either way is a very powerful testimony, which is a great thing. Can I ask then, would you encourage, even if they're not in a state of sin... Just if they're, if if we're not just in the state of mind, I guess, to receive the Eucharist, you would say, don't? Well, there must be an intentionality about what you're doing. So yeah. you, you don't go to Mass and we're not zombies when we go to Mass. Yeah. Yes, we need to be attentive. We need to participate. The only reason I'd be suggesting someone not receive the Eucharist is if they're in a state of mortal sin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Sorry. So if you are a person who might be habitually sinning all the time, then it is okay to not receive our Lord. Yes. Okay? Gotcha. Um, but remember, our Mass goes beyond even mm. just the act of worship in that moment. It's go and proclaim the good news of Christ by your manner of life. Mm. So we're working on ourselves constantly, all the time, working on ourselves, trying to grow in virtue always trying to avoid the occasion of sin. If I know I'm going to be weak here, then I'm not going to go there. And boy, wouldn't the world be a better place if people just didn't <laughs> go there. Yeah. But that's our human weakness. People are just, they go there all the time. I'll be, I can beat this. I'll be stronger than this. It's not the case. If, if you haven't been able to beat it the last 50 times, why do you keep doing it? So it's, that's my point, is that sometimes it can be a powerful witness to remain in your pew and not receive our Lord. As much as our Lord desires to be with you intimately in communion, you can make a spiritual communion in that moment. You don't always need to get up if you know that you're not in the state to receive our Lord. Hmm. Okay, And, and St. Paul speaks about this very vividly in his letter to the Corinthians. He who eats and drinks the body and blood without properly discerning eats and drinks damnation on themselves. Oh, wow. Oof. So Powerful. remember the, the vessel that we are, we are body, mind, spirit to receive Jesus. We need to be in that state to receive Jesus. 
which is why God offers us that beautiful sacrament of his mercy in confession. And I, as a priest, oh, it's one of the great gifts that I've been given to be able to minister in our Lord's name, his mercy. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. The Eucharist and confession are my highlights by far, by far. So they go hand in hand. They're two sacraments that go together. Um, but that's a, that's a beautiful thing that you're doing, mate. And you can see how it's transformed you. Yeah, it has. It really has. Amazing. That's an inspiring thing. Like when you said it, I went, wow, that's, that's amazing. The fact that you think, okay, well, I've received the Eucharist. And now in 24 hours, yeah. like you're going to receive it again. So just hold on almost. It's yeah. like, so you're going to what it did for me. Yeah. Yeah. It helped, it's helped me. Genuinely taking it day by day. Uh, that's great. Thanks, man. That's, <laughs> I'll be taking that on board. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, uh, beautiful. All right. And um, I, I was, uh, I was doing some research and things like that um, before, before now. And um, I understand uh, just to, to bring it back a little bit. Um, so a little bit of lightheartedness before we get a little bit deeper is uh you play fifa yeah okay we had jacob Perez on here are you <laughs> ah, there we go that's the lab coming out right? <laughs> the trash the lab trash talk is going <laughs> no, um we had jacob Caraz on last year and he he said he plays fifa he gets competitive with his uh oh. brothers and mates have you played with him no nah. Never. Okay. He's too scared to verse me. Uh, is that what it is? All right. <laughs> there we the go. Challenge. There we go. There's the challenge. <laughs> there it is. Season Jacob three. Hill. Jacob Caraz <laughs> versus Adam Dewey. Adam. We're gonna have you know, one against the grain. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> Done. We have to, we have to you know what? It. We're gonna organize yeah. an against the grain FIFA <laughs> competition. Because yeah. I'll smash you all. But anyway, <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. That's all. Who do you play with? Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you're a Liverpool supporter. Okay. Okay. I'm a Chelsea supporter. It's not a. Unlucky. Yeah, I know. I, honestly, yeah. That's, uh, yeah it's fair enough. It's reasonable, right? No, all right. Sweet, sweet. Well, that's good to know. I just yeah. thought, I just wanted to know where, where you were at, you know, if you're, if you're, you I know. rate myself in FIFA. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Are you a better footy player or a FIFA, better FIFA player? Probably FIFA. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's great. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Um, well, well, we'll kick on then. So with your, uh, we, we spoke a little bit about your debut. You mentioned that. How does the call up? How does how does it feel to get a call up for your first grade debut, playing at halfback for the Rabbitohs? So was that? I assume Adam Reynolds would have just been yeah, injured or yeah. something. Yeah. As I said, I was still young and um, new to the Rabbitohs. Um, it was my first full preseason with them in 2018, and um, yeah, we went to we went to Perth for our first round against the Warriors and. I was named as um, 20th man and I yeah, just didn't see much of it. didn't think I was debuting anytime soon. And um, Adam Reynolds actually got injured in, in the first round. So we came back to Sydney and I sort of I'd, I'd heard a few rumours in the media that I was um, going to get the call up. But obviously being, I was only nine, uh, 19 years of age and, and I mean, Souths were a stacked team back then and um, I guess didn't really look too much into it. And um, <laughs> Anthony Seabold was our, was our coach at the time and um, yeah, pulled me into his office Monday morning and um, told me I'll be wearing the seven jersey and, and making my debut and yeah, the, the, I guess the emotions that whole week and yeah, just a phone call to my mum and dad were um, pretty emotional and um, yeah, it's one, it's one of the best, best moments and something you can't forget um, 
coming into first grade and um, yeah, we were first in Penrith that week and I remember it was like a 40 degree, degree day on, on a Sunday Arvo and <laughs> I think I asked for like 40 or 50 tickets and um, I guess being, there's been no, I guess, Lebanese kid, I guess, debut at, at South uh, long before that and <laughs> I think that freaked out the number that I, that I asked for. And <laughs> <laughs> well, who are these tickets for? Go, oh, just a bit of family and, and friends and that. And um, Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was an awesome day and an um, awesome experience and um, yeah, I've, I guess I've never looked back, never looked back since. It's not often, uh, well, for us anyway, that we've had, uh, you know, a halfback on the show. Mm. It's not like you debuted and came off the bench mm. as like a, a prop or a second row or or, a, or debuted on the <laughs> wing. You're like, you're debuting at like the quarterback of positions on the field. Yeah. So with that, you've got, you're talking, you're organising, you're doing all sorts of things there. What's the pressure like going into that? Yeah, obviously very high. And the calibre of players we had um, in that team was, you know, Greg Inglis, John Sutton, um, Cody Walker, um, the Burgess twins, Sam Burgess. And as I said, it was obviously a stacked team. And um, I guess they made my role really easy in the team. And um, when Adam Reynolds did eventually come back, I was that whole season just grown into you know every different position. I, I literally played every position in the back line and came off the bench and you know, played hooker even for a bit one game. And um, I guess that's where my versatility um, tag came from. And um, yeah, I unfortunately did my ACL in, in that season, but got to the prelim finals, um, came back the, the year after in two, 2019, halfway through the season and um, got to the prelim finals there as well. So. I guess back-to-back years at Souths got, got close to, to get into the, to the grand final and um, yeah, and that's it. Got, got told to leave Souths. Uh, Wayne Bennett come, came on board and end of 2019 um, sort of got... Uh, they signed Mitchell at the time and I was playing fullback at the time and I guess I knew I was still a young kid and wasn't going to be able to compete with, with Latrell and his, his, I guess, ability and Wayne Bennett was honest with me and um, said there wasn't really going to be his position in the, in the 13 for me and um, I guess he was open for me coming off the bench, but I feel as though I was at a stage in my career where I had to um, cement a starting role. And yeah, Michael McGuire, by chance, was the coach at Tigers at the time. So um, I guess he reached out to me and um, offered me a contract at Tigers. And um, I, I, as I said, I was a Tigers, Tigers junior and I always grew up supporting the Tigers and um, wanted to one day play for the Tigers. Obviously, didn't think it had come that early into my career, but. Um, yeah, love love the switch across, and um, as I said, I lo- I'm a local kid, and and always loved it, and I guess unfortunately hasn't haven't had the success um, I wished um, so far, but um, yeah, hopefully good times ahead. Before we get to the Tigers, I just want to know. So I I know with the with fans that that World Cup with Lebanon the 2017 is when we got to see your talent would that was that experience uh, crucial in your debut for Rabbitohs or did they kind of know coming up I I mean I was part of the emerging leaders group at South but in terms of in terms of I guess how quick I I debuted I definitely 100% that 2017 World Cup um, fast tracked my debut and um, as I said allowed me to be 
his versatile play that I'd never really recognised myself with before. And yeah, thanks to, to Freddie Fittler's credit, he played me at centre. And as I said, I'd never played a different position between six and seven growing up and wow. uh, played well there. And as I said, when Adam Reynolds came back um, in 2018, because of that versatility in, in the World Cup campaign, it just allowed me to literally fill, I guess, any position um, available. And, and yeah, I just thrived of it. And as I said, it was a stacked team back then. And just to, to be able to sit there and learn off you know, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds and Greg Inglis and Damian Cook and um, leadership qualities of Sam Burgess and um, just absorb it all in oh, for, for my two years there. Yeah. It was, it was um, knowledge that was, um, I guess, invaluable. Yeah. So that's – I just wanted to know what's it like representing your country and um, what's Freddie like as a, as a coach? Yeah. Yeah, Freddie, Freddie was good. Um, as I said, I was still a young kid coming, coming up back then and, um, yeah, he really – I guess got into the Lebanese culture and um, we had a lot of we had our training campaign um, in Sydney and um, a lot of Lebanese barbecues and and functions and dancing that we went to and um, yeah he really brought into it and was good and obviously his knowledge in, in football that you can learn off as well is second to none you know, he's one of the best players that's, that's played the game and um, it was, half it was in really his own right yeah. so he would have taught you exactly yeah. yeah so I learned a lot of lot, a lot of him and um, yeah, and, and representing my country, um, yeah, it's, it, it's unreal. It's, um, it's, a, it's a surreal feeling. And to see, I guess, all the family and friends and my Lebanese, I'm a, I'm a very proud Lebanese-Australian kid. And just to see how proud I made you know, my grandparents, my parents, and um, singing the national anthem and um, seeing my mum crying in the grandstand is, yeah, it's things you can't um, dream of. And um, any, any chance I'll get to... To put on the Lebanon jersey, it's um, you always try and play. I guess that a little bit harder. I want to put you on the spot a little bit again, if that's all right. If you had the chance to play <laughs> for Australia or Lebanon, they both they're both after you in the same comp, same tournament. Sorry, who are it's you a, picking? It's a hard one. I guess <laughs> now being, I guess sort of nowhere near being um, a kangaroo. But if I was to pick, sitting where I am now and being in the position I am now, I'd I'd, I'd definitely choose Lebanon. Um, I know you sacrifice, I guess, financial. Um, obviously, the Kangaroos get paid a lot more and, and stuff like that. But yeah, as I said, for me um, personally, the, the feeling you get, um, even coming off the World Cup in 2022 in England with, with Lebanon, was that they're some of the best times. And um, as I said, I'm a proud Australian Lebanese kid and um, yeah, love my Lebanese culture. I've uh, been back to Lebanon a few times. And um, I guess sitting here now, I'd, I'd choose Lebanon. But whether that changes in the future or not, I'm <laughs> were, not sure. Good answer, were you, were good you part of the group that chased the robber down the <laughs> no, road? It wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, some funny stories from that from that, um, oh, from that tournament. I remember when that came, when that was oh. on the news. I'm like, he he chose the wrong yeah, dressing the wrong, room to rob. <laughs> the wrong team to rob. <laughs> man, some people are just oblivious, man. They don't know that lebs it. No, that's good. <laughs> That's good. That's good to know. Good to know. That's a, that's, that's a fair answer as well. And, and an honest one. Thank you. And you had the opportunity. <laughs> well, I don't know if this is positive or negative, but you played with Josh Marie. How's he as a guy? Oh, yeah. yeah good. Really He's good. a personal friend of ours, <laughs> so we're just ribbing him a little bit in yeah, this episode. Yeah, Josh is good. He actually went to the same school as me and yeah. um, was in my older brother's year. So I knew Josh um, prior to playing with him in 2022, but um, yeah, playing with him was, was good fun. Um, as I said, he grew up with my brother and they went to school together. And um, yeah, obviously a very humbled and, and 
kid and um, still see him around at Belfield at the local cafe sometimes as well. And nice. um, yeah, always good to talk to. Okay. And what about Jacob? Jacob Karaz, we've had on no, this no, show. I don't as get well. along with Jacob. You don't get on <laughs> at all. So you've, you've already made a claim that you're a better FIFA player than him. Uh, to be you're confirmed. a better footy player than him. <laughs> no, no. no, Jacob was no, kidding. Um, yeah, another young Lebanese uh, Australian Catholic kid. And um, yeah, since he's come onto the first grade scene, he's really been a standout at the Dogs. And um, yeah, good, good church kid as well. And um, I've actually brought him to to the midday mass a few times at St. Joe's with me. So, um, yeah, we've got a really close bond and uh, speak to each other a lot. And, um, yeah, I, lo I like his his humbleness and the way he carries about himself. He's very professional as well with, with his with his footy on and off the field. And, mm. um, yeah, no, really good kid. He's got his head screwed on. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, you've, he's uh, you've brought a few people to, to that mass, haven't you? A few, yeah. a few players? Alex Twell, um, even David Nofaluma's coming to a few masses. Wow. Um, Young Jordan Samani from the Bulldogs, and um, yeah, it's just I don't force it upon them, but um, we we just evangelise, we, yeah, <laughs> we invite and they accept. Fantastic, yeah, what a way to evangelise. Good on you, man. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's get now. So, so Tigers, they come in, they sign you. This is your, I mean, the, the club you supported since you were a kid. When you sign for the Tigers, actually, firstly, is there a position that you know you're going to play or? Yeah, um, I signed a four-year deal with them, um, and the long-term plan was always uh, to play five-eight. Um, my first year there, I, I was because I came so late into the preseason um, in early 2020. I was um, starting around in centre and fullback um, during that season, and then um, yeah, there's always a plan to to play there at five-eight, um, which is where I've always loved playing. Yeah, and and I mean, like obviously, Tigers haven't had you know, the, the greatest of seasons recently. Um, they've brought a few halves in now. Uh, Jaden Sullivan, Aiden Caesar, I think is a top signing. Um, with your injury and your, you coming back, hopefully mid around mid this year, do you know what the plans are? For your no, I haven't really looked um, beyond sort of just doing my rehab stage. Yeah. I've, had a, I've had a chat to Benji um, I guess a few months ago when I was when I was doing my rehab about just a plan for me coming back whether I come in and play a few games in the New South Wales Cup and then coming back into first grade and um, he's been really good to me in terms of not worrying about a position and me personally for my headspace I haven't really thought about uh, positional stuff or anything like that at the moment I'm nice. I'm really um, just trying to dig in and, and now my, my rehab process um, as thoroughly and as um, intensely as I can cause, because I know I do know what it takes to, to come back from these, and I guess you can't muck around or um, second think, think uh, second yeah. guess anything you do, and it really takes a toll on you mentally and physically. And I haven't even looked at I guess the draw or a game I want to come back to, or uh, when I am coming back or, or pick put a date in. I'm I'm just worried about uh, my rehab, and um, I guess missing so much footy, I'm not really in a position to to demand more position to come back to as well. So um, I'm pretty. Um, I guess switched on in that sense and um, as I am, I'm, I'm pretty versatile and uh, I guess we'll see where the team, how the team's going when I come back and where I fit into the team, then that's where I guess I'll, I'll hopefully come back in. There must be such a mental toughness there mm. to have gone through an injury like that three times mm. 
any person is thinking, what if it happens again? Will this be it? Do I want to go through this rehab all over again? Do I want this much time out of the game again? Um, you've attributed a lot of your strength to your faith and, and your rehabilitation, the time you've been out of the game, to your love for your faith. But, like, have there been those days where you've been like, why am I doing this all over again? Yeah, they, they have. They're always, I mean, it's, it's your, your mind thinks that, you know, a very rapid speed and obviously there's there's days where I'm probably not at my best and um, sometimes down and questioning whether I can come back to, to my ability again and um, I guess always question everything but yeah always always comes back to my faith and um, just staying focused and it does take a toll on you physically and mentally it's not something you can you can hide from and I've I've just learned to accept it if you don't accept the down days you have or the positive days you have then um, you're just going to be fighting this war that you're never going to win. And um, yeah, I guess I'm, I've, I've got a little thing on my whiteboard where I, I literally write down the weeks I've won and lost. And um, I'm, I'm 33 weeks post-operation now. And um, there's been less than a handful of, of weeks that I've actually lost. And I've, I've admitted that. I've, I've come to, to realise that um, there's going to be days that I'm not at my best or not training the best. And um, sometimes just stick to myself and... and I've just accepted that and, and know that's part of a life and part of my rehab process and um, I'll just put that as a loss on the whiteboard and uh, move on and, and try and win the next week. And um, I've also, I think the big thing that's, that's maybe come to realise is that there's there's people in this world and friends and family that have had, you know, extremely worse circumstances and, and faced worse adver- adversity than I've had. I've, I've been a lucky kid growing up and haven't faced you know, much adversity and have a, have a very supportive family and network of friends that I can rely on and um, yeah there's friends and, and family that have had worse things happen to them than you know, an injury and um, yeah, I've realised that and that keeps me, keeps me grounded and, and positive and um, I know I'm going to come back a, a stronger and better person. And Amazing. I want to just touch on something there because a lot of people think about relationship with God as once I embrace this, it has to be a permanent W. It's got to be a win all the time. Yeah. Um, that was never in the contract, <laughs> so to speak. There are ups and downs. Mm. But with God in your life, you know how to persevere through the downs. Life isn't perfect anymore. Perfection will be for those who persevere in a life with God and they end up with the eternal reward, which is heaven. But... To say that you've embraced this newfound love for your faith, you're going deeper and deeper into it, but to even admit as you're doing this, you're still having your really off days. It's a very powerful message for our viewers and listeners um, because it's not supposed to always just be Impossible. rainbows and sunshine all the time. Yeah. That's not the life that we live. There is always going to be suffering in this life. And the fact that you just persevere is an amazing thing and you you know you noted there that you've got a really good support network around you um you're blessed with family and friends um who's been really inspirational to you when you're going through uh the rehab and all that kind of thing oh it's hard like when you when you do go through such a big injury um as i did in the game and and obviously for my third time the the support and um the people reaching out to you is is honestly overwhelming, and um, yeah, as I said, being my third one, I had a lot of 
a lot of people that that have reached out to me and um the club the whole way through has been really supportive of me um benji marshall's been really supportive of me um but yeah my friends and, and family i've got a really close um small friends network that i that i rely on and they're with me and they know they really know what it takes i guess to come back from this and yeah, obviously my immediate family um my parents and, and my brothers and my little sister and um, like I said, the reason why I get up and go to training every day and, and play to, to, I guess, to carry our last name and, and, and make, make him proud. And I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I do get the opportunity to represent our last name and, and make my family and relatives and people back in the small village in Lebanon proud to, to carry our last name. And um, yeah, that's what gets me through and, and I guess, get, will get me the other side of, of this injury. Amazing. It's actually really encouraging to hear that you're not only that you persevere through these tough times, but that you're so aware of them. It's actually, it's actually really encouraging to, to hear. Um, was there ever a point in any of the injuries, uh, but I guess particularly this third one, where you just thought, okay, maybe, maybe God's just saying, like, footy's, footy's done almost. Like, yeah, yeah, it has. Um, it definitely has gone into my mind and um, as I said I've, as I've grown closer to the faith um, I know you do have to follow I guess a calling or signs from, from God and um, yeah I've definitely um, questioned that but yeah, I definitely feel that I'm, I'm made for this sport and made to, to play rugby league and um, I feel as though he's sort of not punished me but he's he's, um, he's given me a sort of a kick up the backside to, <laughs> to grow closer to my faith and um as I said, if it wasn't through this third injury, then I'd, I'd still be just going to church one hour on a Sunday and ticking a box to, to go to Mass. And, and that's why I'm, I'm so, I guess, glad that I've been able to, to grow closer to my faith. And um, as I've said numerous times, if it wasn't for that, then I wouldn't um, be this, I guess, mentally mentally strong to, to, to get through this. The faith side, I mean, you're, you're growing in. Uh now the values that come along with the faith is that something that you find yourself s starting to really develop in or is that something like a lot of the, uh, you know in a lebanese household we carry a lot of the uh, sorry a lebanese christian household i should say we um just through our culture we carry a lot of the religious values as well that come with it um is that something that you just always had through your home or is that something yeah, you still I, don't develop? Know, like, I feel as though i get my values through through my father, my dad, and um, he's taught me everything, I guess, growing up and, and how, to, uh, how to act and how to present myself um, in the public eye. And um, I guess one big one that um, I've, I've always learned of him is, is humility and humbleness. And um, that's something that I've always tried to carry with myself um, everywhere I've gone. And um, everything I do and act is I always try and do it in, in a humble way. And um, yeah, as I said, as I've gone to church more, I, I, I dig into the, the values of the church teaching and all Jesus really teach us, uh, teaches us is to just live a, a good life. That's really that, 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 that's all he teaches and um, it's something that I'm trying to do. I'm not out here trying to say I'm a perfect kid or, or I don't sin or I don't do anything wrong, but um, I know that through this I'm, I've, I've tried to, to be a better person and, and I know I am um, still growing to, to yes, live a life as best as I can, um, I guess, like our father. Awesome, man. You've mentioned your father a couple of times in this in this episode. Obviously, he has um, a massive impact on you. You've uh, touched on that. 
um, in uh, in another podcast I was watching, you you sort of mentioned your dad as your um, as your role model, your key role model, I guess, or your main one. Um, there's something I think really like just really beautiful and natural in and that. And my mother as well, can't and, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not to no disrespect <laughs> to, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but there's a, there's a real beauty in. Um, and obviously the the impact that a father has on his sons you know uh and it's and it's really like it's clear through the way you through the way you talk and obviously through the way you act for those who know your your dad and yeah. and you that um that you've really tried to imitate him in uh in all areas of your life which is it's very encouraging to i mean i've used that i've been encouraged this whole episode to be honest man <laughs> i'm like it's it's yeah, it's it's really beautiful to just hear that, Rose. So thank you for your witness. I don't want to give him a, I don't I don't want to give him a big head, but no. <laughs> if there are people you can give a big head to, it's yeah, our parents. It's, yeah, they, they've done a lot for us, right. so yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There, there were a couple of uh, a couple of in game incidents that I just wanted to ask you about. Um, I won't uh, I won't push too much on any of them. <laughs> The, the first one I'll start with is probably the one that uh, the one that comes to mind straight away is yeah. uh, so, uh, sorry to ask you it man <laughs> but the the Lebanon send-off yeah. <laughs> yeah. what happened uh, I don't know I guess it was the Lebanese inside of me <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know, I've never been um, sent off my whole junior career or first grade career and um, yeah, I guess frustrations that comes to mind and um, competitiveness and um yeah obviously we we're versed in new zealand at the time and we're sort of i guess in the game where no one expected us to be i guess within a, a scoring distance of them and mm. um yeah i felt that um I, I felt personally that the ref wasn't expecting the game to be as close as it was and um yeah, there were a few calls leading up to that that wasn't um the biggest fan of and um yeah, there was, I guess, a, a kickoff incident, and <laughs> obviously didn't agree with the ref's call, and um, might have said a few, um, yeah, a few wrong words to him. Yeah. But uh, how dare you, sir? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. How, how dare you call that penalty? I'm sure, yeah, uh, yeah. Send off. And I guess, um, I guess he heard him, and yeah, <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, wasn't my best. Best moment. That's, that's for all sure. right. And yeah, the, these things happen. I'm sure yeah. there are a lot of fans at home, Lebanese. Oh, fans yeah. at home saying a lot of worse things <laughs> at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, not fun. No, that's, that's thank you for your clarification <laughs> on that. You know, <laughs> but there are, uh, I had a yeah. I had a high school footy coach um, that would say he'd be so strict on the way young men carried themselves when it was at school. When you're on the footy field. He was like, I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. adrenaline, yeah. you're bashing oh, each other yeah. up. It's like there's that real guttural yeah. kind of we're almost going into just a basic instinct. And in the heat of the moment, how hard is it to control oh. those emotions? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a really emotional and passionate and competitive person. And mm. yeah, when you're out on the field, it's... Yeah, you're almost sort of you're almost unrecognizable as a person. You're a completely different person, and <laughs> but if you don't get your body or mind into that state, then you'll just get 
guess, bashed out there. So, yeah, yeah it's, 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 uh, it takes a lot to get up for. And, um, yeah, adrenaline's high and all your readiness and emotion is and everything's uh, high. And sometimes, yeah, you do, I guess, push the line a bit. Before Anthony gets into his second um, incident. I have a couple more. Yeah, well, <laughs> I want to ask this. I know it's a professional game. I know that you're all on contracts, so you've all got to be professional. But have you ever walked into either a camp or a game day or a training session and just within the first few moments either known you don't have it today or have seen it in other yeah, players that they don't have it today? 100%. 100%. So you, yeah, you get a feel for it, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, what about like on on a game day, like from kickoff? Do you know that a certain yeah. guy or yourself you're, you're just? Not, yeah, it's a, it happens not all the time, but yeah, there's definitely. Like I said, the players that you look at that you just can just tell after the almost that they're not quite on on this game, and I guess if you're pretty observant and have that good relationship with the player, you can try and I guess let them notice it and, and approach them before kickoff to just say, you know, I, I've seen that. You're a bit off in the warm up. Let's let's um let's get up a bit for this. We need you. We need you a bit more. And yeah, for me personally, it's definitely happened where even if you're off five or ten percent going into a game, then you can really have a big effect on your team. And um, obviously, me being a spine member and touching the ball and dict- dictating play um, a fair bit, then yeah. it definitely does have have an effect. And um, it's something that you have to yeah get make sure you, you're aware of and um, yeah, try and I guess snap out of it. If you'll indulge me one more question. Take your time, please. So it's it's game day, <laughs> all right? You've got a game at maybe three in the afternoon or an evening game. What's your routine on a game day? Like yeah, how do you... Depending on the kickoff time, um, I definitely always try and get a nap in um, before just so you, you don't get that crash when it comes to three or four o'clock or, or, or definitely the, the 7.30 or 8 p.m. kickoffs. Um, yeah, I always try and get an hour or two-hour nap during the day just to make sure um, I'm re-energised um, going into the game and um, I try and stay off caffeine on game day during the morning just to avoid them spikes in my system and um, yeah, I only save that to, to just before kickoff. And um, But in terms of diet or, or food I eat or, or stuff like that, I'm not really I'm not really fussed or, or big on anything like that. I'm, I'm a pretty clean eater um, either way and um, I guess for me just hydration is the big one and um, I try and distract myself on game day a fair bit and um, make myself busy in the morning, um, go out for breakfast somewhere and um, go hang out at a friend's house or something just so I can allow myself to have that nap in the afternoon. So Whereas if I'm doing nothing in the morning, then I won't find the need to have a nap. So I try and stay busy. And then, um, as I said, I'm an I'm over, overthinker, so I try to distract myself with everything so I'm, I'm not thinking about the game. And yeah, once I wake up from my afternoon nap, I, I try and narrow my focus and... Yeah, dwell into the game. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm done. You don't you don't like have any sort of like wear the same undies or something nah, for a game. Like that. No. Nah. Oh, no good one. good on you, man. <laughs> do you have a do you have a game day playlist? Are you a big music man? Do you uh, do you listen to music before games, anything like that? You sometimes play a speaker in, in the change room and because I'm stubborn and Sometimes selfish, I always take control of the music and try and play, try and try play the music I like. But um, no, I'm not someone that gets hopped up through. So you're in the, the West music. Tigers change room. You got Lebo music playing. <laughs> yeah, through. yeah, yeah. That's what I was. Know. What music do you play? What? Nah, R and B or a bit of or, or a house mix or something like nice. that. Yeah, fair, fair. Nice. I'm sure most players would enjoy that anyway. <laughs> um, all right, the, the the couple of the 
other incidents, if if you will. Uh, the first one is is one of my favourites, and my mates and I still still scream it at oh, each other. Manly kick from the sideline. Yes, yeah. compensate, <laughs> compensate. That's one of the greatest things ever. And then you kick the conversion and you give him a little smirk after. <laughs> it's one of the greatest things I've seen. I don't know where that smirk came from. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Manly is obviously a, a suburban crowd, a suburban ground. So the crowd's literally on top of you. And um, yeah, from that touchline, the fan was you know, literally this, this far away from me. And <laughs> you try and block out, you try and block out um, what they say as much as possible. But there's just times where. I just get the better off you and <laughs> obviously it was into me and, and very loud and um yeah there was the whole dramatic part of it where the ball fell off the tee and then i had to put it back on the tee and um <laughs> obviously glad, glad i kicked it yeah <laughs> that worked out. it looked at a certain point it looked yeah, like it was, know, it was curling <laughs> out and then it just came back and it was just I'm not brilliant, sure about the smoke yeah brilliant. i don't know i don't know what happened there the smoke was good it was a it was a nice friendly like <laughs> unlucky <laughs> <laughs> On something like that, I mean, the crowd plays such a big part yeah. in, a, in a first grade game. Like mm. you, you love playing a home game where you've got the majority of mm. fans and you run out to this gigantic roar and the crowd really can sometimes be the difference. Whether we want to admit it or not, they might influence the decision of a referee or whatever, whatever it mm. might be. Um, so you've got the positive aspect of the crowd supporting, which you'll happily embrace because it gets you up. But then you've also got the other aspect of the negativity. Mm. What do you do to kind of block that out? Or do you listen to it? Do you take it all oh, the same uh, way? Or It's hard. I mean, there was one game I got um, telling the bin at, at Penrith Stadium and it was, it was packed and <laughs> the abuse and the, the <laughs> words that were thrown at me when I was running off um, was, was something I, I literally can't forget. The amount, the amount of, <laughs> yeah, I guess... <laughs> Words I had sprayed at me um, <laughs> running off is something I never wanted to <laughs> to repeat ever again. And um, I guess it's more so harder for, for my family and my brothers. And um, obviously, um, Lebanese kids are sometimes um, uh, have a short temper and, and short fuse. And it's always hard. I know, I know for my older brother especially, he's got a, a very sh short <laughs> temper. And if, if someone doesn't realise that he's related to me and someone, I guess, behind him or around him's, I guess, into me, then he's, yeah, it does get a bit... He's uh, into them. Yeah, he's into them. He's into them. He always tells well. me after the game, but um, yeah, it's more hard, more hard for them, yeah. I guess. Funny, oh, isn't God. it? It's yeah. like, you're all, we're all human beings, but people will just spit vitriol oh, and yeah. hatred and, yeah. okay, if you want to go at the ability or yeah, the, exactly. the, the bad decision made or whatever, yeah. but some of these personal oh, attacks, yeah. like... Do you know what I saw actually recently? Um, uh, New Brown, mm. Farmer New Brown. He posted on his Instagram. I was like, that's really nice of him. He like he got sent off in a Super League game. And um, he put up a post to say like he disagreed with the decision and um, things like that. But he, was, but he started off 
it was a really polite message, but saying like he basically mm -hmm. disagreed with the decision. But he started off saying everyone who's hurling abuse at the ref and whatever, like just take it oh, easy. Wow. It's, just remember he's a human being and all that mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> and I, I just thought that was a like mm -hmm. when you mentioned that, it just reminded me of that. I was like, yeah. what a polite <laughs> post to put on Instagram. Um, oh look, I'll I'll be the first person to criticize like a dud play or like what are you doing, but. To go after someone personally yeah, like that just crosses a line yeah really does but it, hap yeah. it happens with like footy like i don't yeah, need to does. tell you man footy plays they, they forget you're a human like they mm. you know they they go at you but you're laughing about it which means you you've obviously and <laughs> and through the episode we've come to know you've, you've got pretty solid mental so you're, <laughs> you're pretty good it's part of the sport i guess that's it that's it and the uh, the last one i want to mention is um the tigers versus Rabbitohs game you're playing oh, against yeah, your remember. former club, <laughs> and uh, I think I think it was you guys were level after yeah. after Rabideau scored, and Reynolds is kicking <laughs> to to give them to give Rabideau's the lead or the win or I can't remember how far in it was. Yeah, the lead, the lead, and you're spraying <laughs> <laughs> you're spraying Adam Reynolds, and uh, what from the just, huddle? Now, by chance, I was I was marked up that game. I don't I don't know for some reason I was they marked me up that game. And um, as I said, I had a good relationship with Adam Reynolds from from the Rabbitohs days, and um, yeah, really good fella, and, and taught me a lot. And then um, obviously versing him and knowing how good a goal kicker he is, I, I, I said to myself, I got to just try my best to try and throw him off or, or do something. And yeah, I was adrenaline, I guess, took over and. Um, get a bit loud and carried away and, and start um, <laughs> yeah, saying some words to him to throw him off and um, luckily it, it actually worked for me and he, and missed, he missed it, it. He missed. And which is unusual for him and um, yeah they're, they're obviously game moments you look back on and um, I guess get, get a bit embarrassed back on, to be honest. Oh, I was about to say that surely that's one of your proudest moments man <laughs> that in that moment you were that manly supporter <laughs> just, just uh, ah, yelling good. at him it's but good fun yeah, and, and by Adam Reynolds' standards, that was a pretty pretty basic, like easy yeah. kick. I so it really, yeah. yeah, it really put him off. Yeah. That's gold. That one, <laughs> that one's that one's up there, man. That's <laughs> I miss it. I miss it. Antonio, seriously, seriously, clutch him up. Five hundred done, done. Shoelace, shoelace, Renault, Renault. Hey, a clutch, a clutch. You've you've done something a few months ago um, that you didn't need to do. Okay, now the incident that I'm referring to is uh, the St Ursula's High School uh, formal controversy, so to speak. Um, so, by way of background, um, this is the Cliff's Notes version of it all, but. Um, uh, someone was denied the ability to bring a same-sex partner to their formal. Um, they, in turn, made a big song and dance about it. The media picked it up and ran with it. Um, even the mainstream media were like, just let them all, let them have fun, let them go to a dance, whatever it might be. And you decided to phone in and have your say. Mm. Now, this is way different to, for example, the Manly Seven controversy from a couple of years back where it actually this was an on-field thing where they chose not to wear the jersey this was something that you and any other person of faith could have just steered clear from but you chose to phone in and give 
your opinion on on what had gone down. Um, do you want to talk to us a little bit about that motivation and why you felt so called to do something like that? Um, yeah, as as I said, um, when I was when I did phone in and, and give my um, opinion, I, I guess I'm a I'm a kid of faith and I'm a proud uh, Catholic kid and um, know what our church teaches and, and know what knows what knows what our, our school teaches and, and know um, I guess know the right from wrong and um, I'm, I'm also aware that I'm, I'm in a position that um, I am in the media and and um, in that I guess high profile uh, position in, in in our community and um, I just felt as though at the time um, obviously there's there's communities out there that um, I guess see a different view to us and um, we've got no hatred or, or dislike or anything towards um, what they do and whatever they preach between each other and, and do in each other's communities or whatever, you know, that's that's all okay. But um, the need for them to, I guess, pick on a, a Catholic school and um, I guess try and tell us how to how to teach and, and what's right and um, I guess they change what we see is right, which is a man uh, marries a girl and, it, and that's how it works. And um, I just felt that they were just pushing the boundaries a bit too much and yeah, me being in the space I am, I felt the need to, to speak up and uh, try and protect our, our faith and, um, uh, yeah, I guess just give the Catholic side to, to the argument. And, um, yeah, it wasn't showing hatred or, or anything to any community or anything, but um, go preach, I guess, what you want. Um, to each other, but don't try and um, preach it against, I guess, different religions and um, tell us, I guess, what to do. Yeah, yeah. And for those watching and listening, it was a very well-measured response. I, be- In my opinion, I was like, when I heard that you had done that, I was like, go, Adam, I'm so proud of you, man. For It was just so so balanced. It was yeah. compassionate. But it, it basically took a stand. Um, and we've... The last few years, we've found ourselves in a, posi- a position to be making stands. And unfortunately, the other side of the aisle always view it as bigotry and hatred. And yeah, exactly. for as much as you want to uh, try and be compassionate and yeah. loving, and it's just unless it goes their way, you will always be public enemy number one. Now, Things transpired after that, so there was a whole change.org petition, hence my joke at the beginning of the show, <laughs> um, and that received thousands of yeah. signatures and everything. And then there was the, the, I think what happened was the reversal of the decision. Mm. And so this person was permitted to go to their formal, and then what came out a couple of days later was footage of this formal, and those those couples embracing one another and screaming into cameras, we won, we won. Um, I don't think that's sending the right message. Um, I'd like to give my two cents if I can on this because I, I gave that a lot of thought. And look, at the end of the day, whatever the motivation was to change a decision, I was disappointed. I think if we've got a Catholic education system that is preaching the gospel values of Christ. A lot of people are going to say, well, didn't God love everyone? Yes, it's true, God loves everyone. Um, But at the same time, we have our part to play in that relationship with God, okay? I am tempted to sin multiple times a day, but it doesn't mean I do it, I make the decision against, okay? 
So we've made distinctions about, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. We've done that in the past. My opinion, if anyone from Sydney Catholic Schools is listening to this, is that we need to scrap the formal system. We need to scrap that end of year dance and dinner and make it private. So if parents and students want to do that, they can do that on in their own time. They can they can book their venues, they can organize all of that. But I think the pinnacle of high school education and acknowledgement of what they've been through for the last 12, 13 years should be the graduation mass and graduation gathering whereby families are invited to come and celebrate with their with their children that have completed year 12 and that should be the pinnacle of the celebration there that way we eliminate getting into messes like this so i'm i'm not being a killjoy here i'm not saying that young students don't have the right to go out and have a formal and go out and celebrate the end of their secondary schooling but i don't think it should be in the catholic school system that should be private for parents and students that want to celebrate. They should do it on their own. And then this way you keep the Catholic schools out of it. Um, and I think this way we all find a common ground and we don't like have to it. be, you know, um, we don't have to be outraged by a decision that was made and then overturned. And I don't know if it was, you know, it was just uh, the majority want this so we're going to do it. I don't know if that was a reason for it, but... In the end, I just wanted to say when I heard you on that radio show call in, it was a very well-measured and articulate response on your part and that I was proud of you. And um, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do it. But you used your platform, so I'm proud that you did. I'm proud that you did. And and look, you you were – I'm sure you were aware that on the back of that, you were going to cop some criticism – what was the response like after you made that comment? Oh, 99% was positive and, and very supportive of me. And um, I made sure that I, I did articulate it in a way that I didn't um, get myself into any trouble or, or I guess, offend anyone. And, um, yeah, all, all the support was um, yeah, really, really positive. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, firstly, I, I was inspired by it um, because I... I mean, I realized that you didn't have to do it either. And to see a public figure, you know, to put your image, um, your reputation, even potentially, I mean, I don't know if this was ever in question, but even potentially your job, you know, at risk to go against something that we all know people have lost their jobs and livelihoods for um, or because of. It was, it was so inspiring to hear you were very well spoken like father ben said the th- I, I think you hit the nail on the head like when you said um something to the effect of you know we're bagging out a catholic school for following catholic teachings like it just doesn't make sense why why are we, we you know we don't walk into um into let's say a muslim school and force them to celebrate mass for everyone, you know, or to have, uh, you know, Catholic studies in as a subject or something. Like it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Exactly it sounds right. silly. Um, the outcome was extremely disappointing. Like I, I, I just think it was. It sent a, a horrible message to Catholics, like all Catholics, in 
in Australia or whoever whoever knew about the story was uh, this is the Catholic teaching, but it really, if you push hard enough, then yeah. we'll compromise. Can, yeah, oh, we'll, we'll change .org it and we'll just change it. We'll get it done. Yeah. And it, <laughs> petitions, honestly, it was, petitions, petitions. Yeah. People love signing petitions. But a petition's <laughs> never worked for us. It's true. So, But it, for some reason it worked for the other side. Yeah. And, and it, sorry, you go for it. The deeper thing, I think, oh. in all of this, the deeper thing is the disconnect between what our teachings are and the way they are lived out. Yes. So you can say you've gone to a Catholic school for 13 years of your education, okay? And then you come out of it. Have you grown closer to Christ? Have you wrestled with the teachings of the church? And objectively, those teachings are not there to oppress us or restrict us in any ways. At their core, they are a a representation of us being made in God's image and likeness. And the respecting our dignity as being made in his image and likeness. So have you wrestled with that? Have you had the opportunity to wrestle with that? Part of the problem becomes some, not all, don't believe in what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. So teachers need to be accountable. Leadership, if you've got a strong leadership at a Catholic school, in your executive, your principal, your REC, you're going to teach Catholic values, then teachers will fall in line. And then you see the students. The students actually take it on board. We've been so scared for so long to actually teach what is authentically Catholic. I think in a, in a loving, compassionate, but also in a very direct way. But people tiptoe around things so much. And we have seen an influx of young people say, I'm over the confusion. I just want to know what it is. What is the teaching? with regard to anything really so there's that disconnect 13 years of catholic education and then why are people fighting for this so much when you know what the expectations are here so if we're not going to be civilized enough to be able to have the conversation together i my my suggested solution is just scrap the formal system and the partying right at the end anyway put it into the hands of the parents and the students and have the schools have nothing to do with it. But do you think then that that's a realistic solution? Sorry. Yeah. Do you think that's something realistic that Catholic schools or Sydney Catholic schools might uh, consider if they were just uh, sort of um, soft? Sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm, just going to be blunt soft enough to uh to compromise on catholic teaching if it's a directive from the top everyone will fall in line sorry i'm just going to interrupt yeah Um, you'll find that many catholic high schools especially in sydney archdiocese are already not don't play any part in school formals and they're they're actually organized by the students and the parents yeah we we had that at lasalle yeah i went to lasalle in bankstown as i went to saint mary's cathedral which yeah. at the time wasn't a Sydney Catholic school. It was in um, Edmund Ignatius Christ School. Um, it's a Sydney Catholic school now. Um, and we had to organise it independently. And all the emphasis yeah. was on the graduation mass and the graduation evening with the parents. Yeah. It's a joke of a thing. You just find a rat like a girl and go to like a, there's no point of doing it. Yeah. And there's pressure as well yeah. to find a partner. Yeah, to, exactly. To, like it's, 
So let let the ones that want to do it be part of it, but don't make it an official school thing. And I think if that was a directive that came from the top, no one's going to be saying whatever. That's good. By extension, if they stuck to the decision originally, St. Ursula's, it would have been one week of media criticism and then it'd be yesterday's news. But instead, you backflip. So anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for speaking the way you did with the compassion and love that you did. Not enough people do it. It's a challenge to principals. It's a challenge to priests. It's a challenge to... It also shows that you don't need to be a public figure. You don't need to be a priest or a principal um, or even a bishop to do this kind of thing. All of us have a responsibility. All of us have a responsibility. The reason I think we find ourselves in this mess all the time is that we've just avoided the conversation for decades. Mm. And then when you avoid a conversation the louder minority will always win out because they occupy the airwaves, mm. they occupy the mainstream media. So that becomes really, really difficult. Um, I'm glad you did what you did, mate, and, and you did it. And, of course, there will be detractors, but remember many people detracted from our Lord as well. And so you got to share in some of his suffering too. Yeah. And as we hear our Lord say, blessed are those who were persecuted for my name. The Amen. reward will be great in heaven. So, and and we are we're not saying this because we're being mean. We're saying it because we want to uphold what our Lord spoke about, and that is to love. But love is all about this. Mm. We've said it many times on the show. Love is sacrificial. Love isn't just doing the things you want to do. So, um, that was a big yeah. thing that you did. So, Thank God you. bless you, man. God bless you. The great segue into our into our footy is always our, our big hit of the week. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar, Adam, with our big hit of the yeah, week. I've seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> what an honor. There you go. <laughs> Father Ben, mate. You're just <laughs> you're known now. You're known. It's uh Father Ben Rab Saliba is, Rabs, <laughs> is what we're calling God him. God love him. So um it's now time for Father Ben's big hit of the week. And this week, oh, far out. I did it again. You could have just said sponsored by. <laughs> Whatever. Sponsored by <laughs> Titus Tours. Check out the links below. Titus Tours. <laughs> there we go. Um, Do you want to get in on this too? You're allowed to? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Titus Tours. Again, check out the links. Evangelize not just through your words and actions, but through your clothing. Let's get into the big hit. It's from this past week. I thought since we have a tiger on the show, <laughs> we'll get a tiger's big hit. Tiger's big hit. From the preseason challenge. Let's go. This Let's have a look. Week is, it'll be on the screen behind you. Let's have a look-see. Here we go. Olam, big <laughs> hit. <laughs> Lomax, what you have for lunch? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Justin <Yeah>. Olam. <laughs> oh, you love to play with a guy like that in defense. I hate to play against him. Wow. <laughs> Zach Lomax. He got <laughs> to his credit, got up, got up. Well done. Big hit of the week, sponsored by Tatus Tours, <laughs> Justin Ollum. <laughs> so he's come from a system that is obviously, they know success. Built on defense. Built on defense. Mm. Um, what's it like with some of these new guys in the camp? Are they, they picking it's, you up a bit? Yeah, it's been good. Um, Justin's a good, good kid. Um, yeah, very humbled kid and quiet. And um, obviously, 
missing a few screws, obviously, to, to, to do something like that. I never, <laughs> I never sprinted that fast at someone, but uh, yeah, you need, you need, I guess, the tougher guys like that. When you sprint like, like that out of the line, you're either going to get it yeah, or not, eh? Yeah. He gets it most yeah, of the time. He does. Yeah, he's built like a rock. I hear, Look, I hear. He's, like he's like cement. It's all muscle. Wow. It's, it's Papua New Guineans, man. There's scary sight. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, Anthony's been previewing our 2024 season. Yeah, I've heard. Um, and I've so heard. I think you know what his prediction is. I think it's time to go. I'm in trouble. You've got to hear his justification. I'm in so I'm without in further ado, your final four teams yes. for the 24 season. Well, or final five teams. Final five. Final yeah. five. Yeah, because we've got the 17 teams. Um, and feel free to chime in if you've got something to say. As he's previewing we'll these few teams, please, no, please, please, I'd love, but <laughs> I'm so, so, I'm we'll so let him have his laugh at the moment. We'll I'm you, glad your brother's not here your at moment. the moment. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I'd, honestly, I'd love, love to get your take on, um, on, you know, any of these, whatever you think. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with the Dolphins. Okay, so Dolphins, um, they've got Avarillo, Flegler, and Farnworth. They're their their main uh, acquisitions. And um, not too drastic, I would say, of losses. Herman Essiesi and Poe Famasili, who I didn't know was actually as good a player as he looks, at least, in the, in the first two weeks at the Bulldogs, but we'll get to him. Um, I think the Dolphins side on paper is solid. I think their back line's pretty deadly uh, on paper. They've got... The forward pack, I think, even from last year was was solid. Now they've added Flegler to it, mm. which is insane. Mm. Um, I just in the the preseason challenge, they looked a little bit like Unco, like not Unco, but like you know, the old school Warriors. They had all the um, all the talent, but they just couldn't find chemistry. Like it just looked like that, but it's still early, I guess. Like it might come days. good. Yeah. Mm. Um, Nikarima had a great game just this past weekend. I think he's I think he's just a threat when he's on the field. He's got a lot of things he has to work on, but I think he's a necessary threat. Maybe a fourteen. I don't know. I like Nikarima. Anthony Dolphins have just confirmed that Tom Gilbert's ruptured his ACL. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which is yeah, which is a loss, but I think they have. I really like their forward pack. I just think they have. Good cover. They've got it everywhere. Where's Avarillo slotting into this team? Uh, Utility or do we know? Center maybe? Yeah, him I think him he's and in the centers. I yeah, think. I think I, that's what they've got. I, I loved him as a dog. He was our shining star for the last few seasons. And when I heard he was signed with the Dolphins, I'm like, why are we letting the good ones go all the time? I loved Avarillo. There's a list. You can make a, a 17 of Bulldogs players that... that <laughs> that they let go yeah. and just well, become hey, stars. I'm just a man of God. I'm not the footy <laughs> mind here. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do, I think he's playing centre, but that's also one of the reasons that I've got him pretty, uh, like not making the eight this year. It's one of the reasons, not the only, but it's because I think Hammer is better in centre. I don't know, but I just think Avrilo will be, a, he's just everywhere on the field. Avrilo's got things, that, that you can't really teach in a fullback. Like, his positioning, he's, he just... And he's got confidence. He just does things. Like, and if he fails, he'll just do it again. 
you know, he'll try it again. He's got that confidence. Um, so I think, I think that's a, a big thing, not playing him in fullback. So what but do you have them finishing? Switch. I've got them finishing 13th this year. Okay. I was trying to fit them. My bottom line, really, honestly, I don't, I don't even know. Like, it's so hard because they're all such good teams and I don't know where to put them. But mm. anyway, I've got them in 13. Sounds a backtrack a bit. Backtracking. Just go straight to seven. Just trying to get these hints. Trying to get these hints in there. They're all such good teams, but I'll put the Tigers dead last. Listen, I haven't got to the Tigers yet. No, no, but honestly, I've got the yeah, I've got the Dolphins at 13. Marshall King, if he plays every game, I think they're I I think he's one of the most underrated players in the game. I think last year. Yeah, he was he's just a gun hooker, man. And his running game is different. It's not like the usual burst from dummy half, mm. like when there are no markers or whatever. It's like they're, they're, they're on struggle street and he'll just throw a random dummy and both markers split and he just runs straight down the middle. Like it's weird. Anyway, I really like Marshall King. So I think he's a key player for him. 13th for the Dolphins. Now we move on to the Titans. So the way we've been going, by the way, just so you know, is yeah. we've been going in order of last year's table. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So uh, the Titans, they've they've got um, Keenan Palacia and Harley Smith Shields are their their two signings. Um, losses are like notable ones are Pat Herbert, uh, Sam McIntyre, Thomas McKayley, who my goodness killed it for the Cowboys on the That's weekend. Right. I didn't know he was that good. Um, who was a former Tiger as well? Did you play yeah, with him? Yeah, I played with him. Yeah, good kid. Oh, sweet. There you go. There you go. I didn't know he was that that good. Mm. But fire out, he killed it. 27 minutes or something, two tries, all these run meters offloads. Anyway, um, their biggest signing, though, I think, is not the, any of their players. It's their coach. <laughs> so Des Hasler's come in. Uh, I've found it extremely difficult to put the Titans as low as I've put them. If I'm being honest, if it wasn't for Des Hasler, now I'm not backtracking, okay, <laughs> But if it wasn't for Des Hasler coaching, I would have probably had the Titans at last. But I find it so hard to put a Des Hasler coach team so low, but I've got him at 15th. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm. But it was a late swap. I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, I've got him at 15th. Um, Dave Feeder still hasn't reached, I don't think, his peak performance. What's it like playing against a, a body like his... Oh. Scary speed, yeah, power, so strong. yeah, hard to mark up against. Wow, actually, I'm gonna just a side thing. I just want to get your thoughts on this because when you have a body like that running at you, like big, strong, powerful, but also quick, like fast, he's running at you, the speed he's running at. I think the reason we have one of the reasons we have so many concussions these days is because we've gotten rid of the shoulder charge. And the shoulder charge was like a defense mechanism, man. When you have someone coming at you like that, you've got to tense up and just surely like throw your shoulder or something. Now people are trying to go in for tackles and someone like Fafita, who's so agile as well, can just step right into you. Like if you've gone to the side and he can just whack, you know, like it's almost a defense thing. Surely, surely at a point you don't need to wrap. shoulder charge. Yeah, just like, just at least as a, as a defense thing, like come on. Like yeah. Anyway. It's how, about, like, how about you bring back the shoulder nudge? Introduce the shoulder, shoulder nudge. Shoulder nudge. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway, I just, like, when you mentioned that, I just thought, like, bro, come, like, 
surely that's that's something that they can just allow us yeah. <laughs> you know, as, uh, well, that's a question that i wanted to ask adam is you played union younger and you made the australian team and you've gone over to new zealand some of these bodies oh, yeah. and then even in the nrl how does a guy of a smaller stature how do you mark up against some of these guys that are playing sometimes in your very position that you got to line up against? <laughs> what do you do? Try your best. Because, uh, <laughs> you'll be missing something upstairs, I guess, to, to do it. But um, yeah, it's it's not fun. That's for not sure. Not fun. Not yeah. fun. Wow. Adam's got. Well, like you, you hope you hope that your your teammates have your back and exactly and uh, <laughs> the big boys look after them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. When you get someone like Fafita running on the fringes. Hard. And he's he's going after the back line in defence. That's that's got to be quite the side. Yeah, scary. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was a side note. But Titans, anyway, um, I think Jaden Campbell is such a great player. I think he's a live wire. He's um, I think he's injured though, missing till April, mm. as well as David Fafita. So they'll they'll miss the start of the season. Um, I don't know. I've just got him in fifteenth. I'm backing myself. <laughs> okay. I'm going fifteenth for a Des Hasler run side. Almost regrettably, but anyway. Now we've come. Here we go. Finally, <laughs> every week you've been asking me if we've gone into the Bulldogs. Oh, we're covering the Bulldogs today. We've got to the Bulldogs. Rock and roll. Finally. Here we go. All right. So we've reached we've reached the Bulldogs. I literally had to like just copy and paste <laughs> their their gains and losses because they have so many. Um signing Stephen Crichton, gun, Josh Curran, gun, Farmer the past two games, he's looked deadly. Drew Hutchison, great player. Kurt Mann, I really like Kurt Mann. I think he's a great player ever since he was at Storm. Then he moved to the, he didn't have the best first few seasons at Knights, but then I think he came good and then we've got him. One of the many utilities <laughs> Bulldogs signed. Um, Jamin Salmon has been pretty good in lock, who I wasn't a fan of before, but he looks okay. Um, Blake Taff. Connor Tracy, Jake Turpin, Bronson Cherry. Like, oofed. <laughs> so they're our gains. That's, they're all the signings. And we've named Crichton as captain. Yeah, you know what was really impressive on the weekend? Was he came off and he was up, like he was standing up on the sideline just following the game and he, he was just leading the side from the, from, from the bench. It was actually pretty impressive. I thought that was pretty good to see. Okay. I don't know. I, I was. Matt Burden's a quiet guy, apparently, like on the field as well, which is, I think, strange for a half. But I thought it was funny to put him in captain. And Reid Marnie seems like a leader, but I don't know. They obviously had that discussion, and Stephen yeah. Crichton's a captain. He's obviously our star player. So it's <laughs> <laughs> and he comes from a winning culture. Yeah. He's had those guys around him, he's had solid leaders around him. So mm. he would have learned a lot being at Penrith. That's right, which he did say. Yeah, yeah. so he's hoping. Yes, that's <laughs> right. That's right. And then um, our losses, Paul Alamotti, Jake Avrilos. We let go of, I think, a quality fullback, at least in the making, but I think he was showing signs, good signs. Mm. Fatala Mariner, uh, Kyle Flanagan. I love Kyle Flanagan. I hope he does well. Jaden Ockenbaugh, I was pretty devastated at Ockenbaugh leaving, man. Were you really? This, I liked him I had in the no middle. problem. I had no problem. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty disconnected from that decision. I was like, nah, okay. 
Whatever. Jaden, you'll you'll do well wherever you are. Yeah. But you're just not a bulldog anymore. I didn't. I'm, Fair it's enough. not like I had a sleepless night that night when I found out. I mean, neither did it's I. <laughs> My goodness, <laughs> relax. This guy. No, I think I think he, I liked him in the middle, but mm. obviously, like we've got better players anyway. Pangai Junior. Pangai retired, <laughs> not retired. <laughs> Pangai Junior, greatest New South Wales selection last year. <laughs> We were talking about this when it happened. Man. I was like, wow, where did he come from as a selection? <laughs> Honestly, we've given it a bit to Pangai Junior, but all in good all in good faith, you know, all in all in love. We're having a laugh. You know. He's uh he's signed now with the is it South Slogan or something like that. The is that the Broncos that. beta yeah. team? It was like, okay. He <laughs> so was sick of coaches telling him what to do. So can you get out of a contract by retiring? <laughs> Then I that voids so. you from everything. <laughs> and then five minutes later, you can say, I'm so. unretiring and I can sign with anyone now. Loophole. Loophole, well. Wow. Okay. Anyway, it's, uh, a thing. Good old, it's a thing. Good old Pangai Junior. Never <laughs> fails to, <laughs> to disappoint. Pangai Junior. Um, then Franklin Pele, Luke Thompson, which was a shame we never really got to see his potential, like his peak at the Bulldogs, and Corey Waddell, who we spoke about last week. And you guys disrespected the Corey penalty Waddell. machine, Corey Mate. Waddell. He was a good player. I like Corey Waddell. I'm not discounting that, but he was a penalty machine. Oh, read Marnie. I'm sure if you check stats, read Marnie I was gave watching way more games. penalties than Corey I was Waddell. watching games of my old man last season, and I'm like, watch Penalty Dad. <laughs> Just happened. When you, when you play in a side like the Bulldogs, bro, you're gassed from defending so much. Surely he's bound. Like, surely you give him the benefit of the doubt. No, he was a, so he's a hard player. God bless him. No, I'm kidding. Anyway. I think there's plenty to like about the Bulldogs as well on paper. Yep. And their defense over the weekend looked really good. Um, their attack is just still... So attack is like the shapes are looking good. Like they look as good as any other team. Like, And the, the plays are, are good, but they're so slow. <laughs> and so by the time they've like gone to the wings, <laughs> the whole... The whole oh, like opposition yeah. teams got in there. They've all covered. I don't know why the ball movement is so slow. Anyway, this is just criticism from a fan, but you know, that's what Adam's thinking. He's like, no comment, no. <laughs> Adam's thinking, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's just so slow compared to what I was watching from the Sharks, which is why I was so impressed from the Bulldogs defense. Cause it was like, it was holding up against, they didn't have Nico Hines though, but whatever. Yeah. It just seems slow. Yeah. Anyway, I've been tossing between two teams, two of the the bottom five teams from last year to make the top eight this year. One of them was the Bulldogs. But while my heart tells me to put him in my last spot in the top eight that I've got from my predicted ladder, my mind is telling me to just put him in 11th. And okay. <laughs> they, could, they could come last <laughs> for yeah. all we know, but... Yeah. No, but they're looking good. They're looking good. I've got them in 11th for the moment, I believe. Well, it's definitely one of the most yeah. impressive rosters we've had in a very long time. So if they can it all is, gel yeah. together, it hopefully... It might take a while for them to, yeah. to gain a bit of chemistry. The young guys look good. Like we've spoken about Bailey Haywood. Yeah. He made an error, which cost us such a, a try But yeah. um, over the weekend. But it's just one error. Mm. But he, was, he was great. Blake Taff had a few errors, like very mm. fundamental errors, which was worrying, but... One game, not one, yeah, not one to judge over yeah. based on one game. He's exciting, like he's an exciting player. Anyway, we'll wait and see. Eleventh place for the Bulldogs. Yep. Any input? No, yeah, no? no. You're good. All right. 
better, go to the next team. Now we've got the dragons. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. So the dragon. <laughs> I feel so much pressure right now. The dragons I, um, I really like. So Corey Allen. So they signed Corey Allen, but he got injured for the year. Um, but they re-signed him now. So Shane Flanagan likes what he's seen from his attitude and things. I was really hoping to see Corey Allen succeed at Dragons. I really like him. Tom Eisenhuth is a good signing. Fatal Mariner and Kyle Flanagan from the Bulldogs they've got. Jesse Marshke is actually a decent player. I think he's the backup half if, if Kyle Flanagan <laughs> fails is <laughs> basically what they've got him for, I think. Um, Haim Selly, I hope I've said that right. And Christian Tuipilotu. Then they've let go of Billy Burns, Jaden Hunt, Josh Kerr, Tao Tao Monga, uh, Zane Musgrove, and Jaden Sullivan to the Tigers. Mm-hmm. So um, the reason I've left the Bulldogs out of my eight is because my Dragons are my dark horses for the year. So I'm tipping them for sixth place. Sixth? Wow. Yeah. Why? Would you have had them that high? No comment. I'm not commenting on other teams. <laughs> <laughs> Staying safe, all right? <laughs> Staying safe, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I just think, like, firstly, I kind of kind of dogged Des Hasley in it, but I think J- Shane Flanagan's a top coach. Mm. I think their squad is so good, and they looked really good. Ben Hunt's happy. It looked like he was playing well. I really back Kyle Flanagan if you really give him the um, the responsibility that, you know, but I think he needs to play well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think they're solid all over the park. They're my dark horses. Dragons in sixth. Okay. Are we finished? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got one more team. Uh, one more team. Let's move on to the Tigers. Let's. All right. So we'll go through the the the, um, the signings first and the and the losses. So we've got... The Fainu brothers, Latu and Samuela. I don't know if I pronounced that right. But uh, from Manly, Justin Olam, Jaden Sullivan from the Dragons. And I think uh, along with Justin Olam, who's a, who's a great signing, I think their best signing is Aiden Caesar. Just as a mm. solid halfback. I love Aiden Caesar. I think he's a great player. Um, their loss is Sean Bloor. What do you think of Sean? Like, yeah, he's a good, good kid. I think he was a great player. We spoke about him when we spoke about Storm. And on his debut, he was like going up against Nathan Brown. Went after him. Yeah, yeah and then he just, in his interview, was he was good. like, I just went out to hurt, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, man. I really like Sean Bloor, So Luke Brooks, obviously a, a loss, um, but I think it's good for him. Dane Laurie, David Norfoluma, who's one of my favorite wingers. That's, anyway. Um, Tommy Talau has gone to the to Manly and Brandon Wakeham as well to Manly. Um, all right, so <laughs> so the Tigers. Well, firstly, I'll ask how how like genuinely how how's the feeling at the Tigers? I don't know. I guess everyone feels good after a preseason. Um, obviously, we'll start to tell when when games come around. But um, yeah, obviously a lot of changes at our club, new signings. New coaching staff, um, Benji's taken over and um, looks really good in the role and um, yeah, new assistant coaches. But um, yeah, I haven't done much with the team at the moment, but um, yeah, from watching on it, it looks good. But as I said, every team sort of looks looks good at, at pre-season, but um, yeah, we'll start to tell when games come around, I guess. Yeah, nice. And, and you mentioned the assistant coaches like Robbie Farrar, Chris yeah. Hyington. John Morris. John Morris. Are they... 
So is that is that the feeling at the Tigers is that they're trying to get that Tigers culture? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, Benji's got a new, um, I guess, DNA about him and um, wants to, I guess, fix the club culture, culturally as well. And um, all of our coaches and assistant coaches have all played over 300 games as well. So they know what it takes to, to play in the game week in, week out. And um, they've all had success as well. So they all know what winning looks like. So hopefully they can... Um, help relay it to, to, to our playing group and the, the does, it, does it seem like all the players are buying into to yeah no it really players? does it's a um, we're a really connected playing group um, we spent a week in New Zealand last week just um, nailing down I guess, some fundamentals and um, having a closer bond together and um, yeah connection and trust is everything in, in our sport and I feel as though we're, we're, we're building that beautiful well <laughs> Um, <laughs> Go on, say it. Look, it's been mentioned. I have the Tigers in, <laughs> in last place in my predicted ladder. Yeah. I until Adam comes back and turns their season around. Well, so, so this right? is there honestly. I, I'll be honest. It's not just because you're here. I'll be honest. I think it'll be a s seriously like I, I don't know what the Tigers' plans are. Obviously, you're taking it day by day as well. But from just a fan watching on, I think the deadliest like halves partnership that the Tigers can come up with would be you, Adam, and Aiden Caesar. Mm. I just think that would be crazy to watch because you both have, firstly, a strong running game. Like, you both got size, so, <laughs> so that helps. Your kicking game is solid. Like, you can obviously direct people around. Obviously, Caesar takes probably the reins as the halfback, but it's, I just... I. And I think because you're now, uh, oh, uh, this we'll is genuine. We'll I, I, yeah, I seriously, I, I really think this is is. I just, uh, I personally, I'm. I, I don't. I'm not a f massive fan of Jaden Sullivan. Anyway, it feels weird because I'm talking about <laughs> Tigers players, but their opinion, yeah, like I just, I don't know. He looked like he looked decent in the trial matches it was just when he was playing at dragons i never thought yeah anyway i really think a halves partnership like that like adam and 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 aiden caesar would would be crazy and it and it would benefit the team like bulla with bulla and coruscant finishing that spine like that's that's deadly that's a mm. solid spine mm. anyway okay. that's just my opinion all right and the the rest of the like the tigers as well look good well, it's just, it's just hard. There's, there's hype. There's hype around them. I think Benji brought a lot of hype as as the coach preseason because last year he was in more of a mentor yeah. kind of role, and now he's got the team. He's yeah, got the reins. Um, the fact that he's a a half from the club, I'm sure he'd be a great influence yeah, to you boys, and I think that's a good thing. So. Mm. We don't know. We'll wait and see. So These are predictions. We'll wait and see. It's just my and I, I <laughs> look. I've mentioned that I have a soft spot for a few teams, right? The Warriors, the Raiders, the Tigers are one of them. I've always liked the Tigers. Maybe it was because of Benji. I don't know. I really like Benji. But um, there, there does seem to be a bit of chat. Like whenever I hear to any of the Tigers players speak, it seems like they're really, they've got belief and like they're, they've got a bit of a w winning mentality about the way they're talking. Whereas 
I thought like I thought that about the Bulldogs last year, but the way I'm hearing the Bulldogs players talk this year is like like you know you just get a like you just get a sense by the way they talk in like press conferences and things where they're where they're aiming, and it's like it was constantly for the Bulldogs like oh we're rebuilding we're rebuilding and then last year they were like no like let's let's aim for the eighth and it was like encouraging, and then this year it seems as if they're going back to the well it's a rebuilding thing and it's like okay well mm. it's a bit discouraging to hear but i mean that it's not not that it's not true it's just like i don't know anyway well the results will come on the field exactly. that's it time for talk is nearly that's over it. yeah we've got an opening round a few of those teams will be in vegas the rest of mm -hmm. you will be on the field here and mate we just want to say thank you for the generosity you've showed in being with us today we're praying for a good back end of your rehab yeah. we hope you're healthy yes. we hope you get the the rest when you come back no injuries we're praying for you thank you uh, wishing the tigers all the best um and keep doing what you're doing as a young man and role model in your own um in your own environment in, in your own kind of circles because a lot of people looking up to you mate and we know that's not a pressuring thing to say because you're living it in here you're living it you're developing that relationship with God where you're going deeper and deeper and that just affords you more and more freedom to go out and just be the man you were born to be. So we're really pleased that you were able to be with us today. Yeah. Before we finish with prayer, oh, yes. mate, we haven't picked up the Steeden in a while. <laughs> so we're going to ask you to sign if you wherever would. Wherever you'd like. Wherever you'd like there. And while you're doing that, Anthony's going to grab the canvas. God bless you, mate. There we go. Adam Dewey, the Steedon sign. And we'll get you to sign that canvas now as well. Anywhere you want on that board, just your name, your John Hancock, and uh, and uh, either a phrase or a quote from Scripture, whatever you've been thinking about. Let your faith be bigger than your fears. Very nice, Adam. Very nice. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. We love it. Anthony, thank you. Mate, once again, all the best for the 2024 season in your rehab, in our prayers. And speaking of prayer, we're going to finish with prayer. But before we do, I haven't said this. I even forgot to say it last episode. Like, subscribe, comment, and follow. <laughs> uh, we appreciate everyone's support at home. We want everyone to, to share these episodes. Jump on your um your chats, your MSN messengers, your uh, <laughs> your 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 WhatsApp, your TikToks, your Instagrams, your Facebooks, all that kind of stuff. Share it around, please. Share, share, share. If you've got groups on WhatsApp with fifty people, share those things and ask them to like, subscribe, be our hands and feet as well as we've been called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Speaking and if Jesus were around today, he'd have MJ Podiatry <laughs> treating his feet <laughs> to ensure that he was getting the most out of what he was doing in his ministry. <laughs> MJ Podiatry, God bless you. Thank you for your support also. Let's finish with prayer. Eh? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of this moment, for bringing Adam here with us today. We ask that you guide him in his rehabilitation, give him a safe season. We ask that you send your blessings down upon not only Adam, but the West Tigers organization and everyone in the NRL. We thank you for what they do in entertaining us 
Uh, we ask that you continue to strengthen them in their witness to what it is to be a person in the, the profile of society. And we ask that you bless all those at home who have needs and who are going through a tough time at the moment. We ask all these prayers in your name, O Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember our Lord Jesus Christ says, you are the salt of the earth. What good is salt if it loses its taste? So stay salty. And don't be afraid to go against the grain. See you next time.